guys, and welcome back for another episode of the Social Hour Podcast, a podcast for Soist by Soist. I'm your host, Ashley. And I'm your host, Bethany. And today we are going to talk all about what it means to be a sewing influencer. Mm-hmm. This is actually a question that was a topic that was brought to us by one of our listeners. Actually, a couple listeners have asked us this, and we thought yeah. we would just take some time to go over this and and share how Ashley and I have kind of found ourselves in the world of social media influence. I hate that word, but it is yeah. what it is. I mean, when you everybody, I feel like is is an influencer. You when you find something that you love, right? that you are passionate about that you're like, Oh my gosh, this is the best milkshake I've ever had at this place. You have to go try this milkshake. It's so good. You're influencing someone else, influencing someone else to go try that milkshake. It's the Mm -hmm. same as like sharing your favorite sewing tool, right? And putting a link in your stories for people to go check it out. You're just, you just love it so much that you want to share it with other people who might also love it as well because they do the same kind of thing. So we're going to talk about how we got there, the pros, the cons, the ins, the outs. I think Mm -hmm. it's going to be fun. I think people have a negative connotation with influencers because when they think about it, they might think of like the teenager in her room showing her (laughs) beauty regimen. Get ready Um, with me. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't have to be. and, And I think that that is people kind of think that it's a little vain to be mm-hmm. like showing what you have and what you do, like you're yeah. showing off. But um, I think that we need to not think of it that way and think of it it's, that we are like, teaching and educating and yeah. sharing and people love to know what other people are doing. We have this mm-hmm. innate, like want to kind of be nosy, you know, like that's why <laughs> reality TV shows do so well because we're like, what are they doing over there? You know what I mean? So I agree completely. I, I, you know, it's funny. I feel like the negative connotation comes from those that do give it a bad name because they Mm -hmm. will put their, they will sell anything just to make a dime. Right. They, They actually, there's people out there that that's all that they do. They don't actually use the products. They don't actually Mm -hmm. like, you know, their credibility is not there. Right. Right. The more you follow them, you're like, oh, my gosh, like they represented three different teeth whitening things. Like, do they really like use these or do they go to and get them professionally whitened? Hmm. You know, it makes you wonder. And and that's where I feel like we've gotten some negative connotations to what an influencer is. But let's define what we want it to be, because it can look Mm -hmm. different for everybody. And um, and you just decide if it's if it's something that you want to do, right? Like the reality is it's up to you to do it. It's up to you to continue with it. It's up to you to put in the work to do it. Um, It doesn't happen overnight to get, you know, to where you're making money as an influencer or anything. Um, But we're going to kind of walk through what that looks like, the steps to get there, if that's something that interests you. And I would say probably our best advice to do it organically and to do it probably the right way to actually get true engagement, honest mm-hmm. engagement. We're not buying followers. We're not paying for views. We're not selling, you know, stuff just to sell it. We're not promoting stuff just to promote it. We're, yeah. we're, we're not promoting things just to get free stuff either. Like it's That's... really, it's really supposed to be a genuine, like it, it's more successful when it's a genuine 
situation. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like you're yeah. being honest, you're being real, you're being transparent. Um, at least for me, at least for I me. Know. And and I, um, I watch people and they have, they, they, they have their journey, but then all of a sudden, like you said, they go into start, you know, sharing some things that has nothing to do with their niche. Yeah. And then that's when they lose me. So yeah. to stay authentic and stay true yes. to your niche and craft, um, is the number one. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's for define, sure. let's define mm-hmm. what a sewing influencer is, Ashley. <laughs> uh, a sewing influencer is an in- individual who has gained influence and a significant following by sharing content related to sewing. Yes. Yes. These influencers typically create and share contents on various platforms, such as social media, blogs, YouTube, showcasing their projects, techniques, and expertise in their craft. They yeah. also engage with their community of followers who share the same interests, which is important because if you're just, you know, showing, 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 and then you're not actually like engaging with your people, it's, there's yeah. a big disconnect it's with that type of influencer. I think so. Yeah, exactly. Um, influence sewing influencers also may collaborate with brands and share products, reviews, mm-hmm. and contribute to the overall sewing community by fostering a sense of creativity and connection with others and their audience. So if you're not bringing things to the table, mm-hmm. if you're not making the sewing community into something more fruitful, yeah, then I mean. You're, you're, muck, you're, you're making the waters murky, basically, <laughs> right? Like yeah. we, we, we're looking for authentic, creative mm-hmm. and like just loving people in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I feel like when we're talking about a sewing influencer, that definition could apply to any influencer, mm-hmm. any niche, mm-hmm. any craft. Um, and so what we're going to be kind of focusing on sewing as our niche in today's topic, but if you're listening and you are a crocheter or you are a woodworker or you do home decor, or you're just an avid thrifter and you want to learn how to share that with people on your audience, this is all going to apply to you. Just take out the word mm-hmm. sewing and put in your niche. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this, this is probably one of our most broad podcasts that we've talked about in and not so specific to sewing, but we're going to make it. Um, so we wanted mm-hmm. to start by de- just defining what that influencer should look like. Mm-hmm. And then we want to talk about finding your niche in those in in the sewing world. Um, yeah. So Ashley and I both, when we were pre- preparing for this podcast today, we both were like, man, I wish I had like started with one thing and just stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but reality is, a lot of times we tend to change our hobbies and our interests. Um, they will evolve over time and that's okay. Um, but I just, we both are like, man, we would have been so much further along in our journeys of this. Had we figured that out sooner, had we made figuring that out a priority from the beginning, because before we were just doing all the things because I like to craft all the things. Yeah. All the things. So like, for example, when I started craft with Bethany, I did very little sewing mm-hmm. on my channel. It was actually mostly woodworking and epoxy, mm-hmm. like epoxy tumblers, woodworking projects, cricketing and crafting stuff. Like I yeah. did. sew. I had a whole sewing business, but I didn't share a whole lot of that on that platform. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it started to evolve. And then I, it really became a sewing platform when I switched gears with my full-time career into sewing. So it kind of fell in suit. But mm-hmm. before that, it very was a little, very little so. So if you scroll way back, <laughs> yeah, well, I still see. left mine up because yeah. I mean it's where I started. But yeah, you'll see some things. You'll see some yeah. pretty bad videos. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to start somewhere. Um, yeah. My very first video <laughs> that I put on YouTube was a screen recording of me uploading how to upload uh, a, a cup like a SVG into Cricut Design Space. Mm-hmm. And it was That's just a good, a, a good way to start. Yeah. It was just a screen recording of my computer of me doing it and talking through it. And that was it. Like I, I didn't really know how to edit things yet. I didn't know about doing intros and outros. I literally was just like, I just got to post something. I, I don't know. care if nobody sees it. I'm not going to learn what to do yeah, or how to do it until I start doing it. So um, don't get, when we go through these topics, don't get so overwhelmed that you have to hit all of these things or figure all of this out to get started. You don't, it's yeah. been an evolution. I think Ashley and oh, I can for vouch sure. for that. Yeah. My, so, yeah. my first video was, um, casting on knitting, hmm. how to cast on. And, uh, I've only ever done like two knitting videos. That's how quickly. And I go through all these different <laughs> evolutions where I did knitting and then I did yeah. crocheting. Then I did yeah. polymer clay, which is when I rebranded <laughs> and I was making charms, which is why yeah. I am charmed by Ashley. I don't think I um, even knew that. Yeah. I was making polymer clay charms, which Uh-oh. those are still on my channel. And then I started uh, like evolving. I made ch- uh, polymer clay pattern weights. Like you could just see like, okay, <laughs> Ashley is starting to, you know, polymer clay on my crochet hooks. Like, okay, what's going on here? But um, yeah, I wish I had started with sewing right off the bat and just stuck with it the whole time. But I just love all the crafts. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Yeah. Sorry. I, I also did. Um, oh, sorry. I also did some resin and some videos too. Yeah. Um, so I think that yeah, you can do some like adjacent things, you know, like mm-hmm. For I've, sure. I've done some crochet videos recently and I feel like that is a, like, I can't sew and woodwork. Like those two things right. don't really go together, but like sewing and crocheting can, um, so. and, and, or knitting or there's some like, adjacent crafts that can Mm -hmm. that are in that same and i'm not losing my audience by Mm -hmm. showing some of those now my focus is obviously sewing Mm -hmm. but my me throwing in a crochet tutorial every once in a while isn't actually going to hurt my content or my reach Mm -hmm. it's actually going to help it because i may find other people who crochet full-time that sew part-time but I may engage mm-hmm. my full-time sewers who crochet part-time. So it can go mm-hmm. kind of both ways and it can give us another reason to connect. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think there's a, there's a way to kind of in, change it up, but you can't just like. Yeah. Flip Turn the corner. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you do, you're going to lose a ton of followers and a ton of engagement. And mm-hmm. you know, if you want to change paths, you absolutely can't. But yeah, then that's is. a whole rebranding and it's just a whole thing. 
<laughs> you got to stick to it. And this is where, when we were talking about earlier in the, in, at the beginning of this year, like setting goals and stuff, you heard Ashley and I share some goals specifically to growing our social media. And there's a reason we do that. We set those goals and then we, we backtrack those goals into like the small activities we could do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to help us get to that goal by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And it's important to us because we do view ourselves as like influencers in this community. Um, and we just enjoy, you know, reaching more so as and connecting with more people. And that's kind of our biggest ultimate, you know, purpose. So there's, yeah. it's okay to utilize like setting goals for your social media growth, you know, sure. how many, and that's for all platforms. So let's talk about building our online presence and which social media platforms you should be using. Ashley, mm -hmm. what's your opinion on that? Um, All of them? I would start with something <laughs> like Instagram and TikTok first, just yeah. to get your feet wet. Because it's you can start off with your stories so that you can get on camera, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, I started yeah. off with YouTube, but at the time, that was all I had. Well, I at the time, that, that was a really was big... Facebook. Yeah. And then YouTube, right? Yeah. So we chose YouTube, mm -hmm. um, which is a lot of more of a process, especially if you want to do like full length videos and stuff. But if you want yeah. to just, you know, do little things and just get started, get your feet wet, I would definitely think about Instagram and TikTok together in conjunction. Yes. Um, they work best together. They mm -hmm. do. They're fren yeah. frenemies. <laughs> yeah, and they they you bounce off of each other where you're over on TikTok and you because TikTok can be a little bit of a unstable platform because people have had their accounts banned and I don't know why but some people just all of a sudden their accounts can get banned. You could say the wrong thing, who knows what, um, but if you can bounce off of each other and tell people, mm -hmm. you know, like follow me over on Instagram, mm -hmm. also, mm -hmm. then <laughs> if they do lose you on TikTok, they can find you on Instagram. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Don't put yeah. All, basically what you're saying is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. Yes, for sure. I do think that it is easier to grow your following on TikTok. Yes. Faster. I mm -hmm. do find that I enjoy the sense of like personal community, like communication that I get with my audience and the community mm -hmm. that I'm building on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I feel like I can be, ha build that relationship with my followers better personally yeah. on Instagram than I can TikTok. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's just, I think it's just, I think TikTok is, it just feels like a fast paced environment. It, it is. You yeah. gotta run with it and you gotta stick with it. And I, I'll, funny story, I was messaging Ashley earlier this month and I said, I'm deleting TikTok. I'm done with TikTok. I'm over TikTok. I have been shadow banned on TikTok for years now. I don't get more than two or 300 views on any of my videos. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm so done. I'm about to delete this whole dang app. I'm. It's just taking me off. I even turned <laughs> off notifications. I didn't want to look at any of it. Like you would send me TikTok videos and I'm like, I'm not going to go look at this because I don't even want to go op open the app and give it any time or attention. Like I was just so fed up with this app and I've had videos go viral over on TikTok and then like nothing. So I just was like, maybe I just need to delete it and start a whole new account 
Like, just clear the bank. I don't care. At this point, I've got nothing to lose. No Mm -hmm. joke. I posted that crochet, part one of that crochet blanket tutorial. And the next morning, it had what? How many? 14,000 views. And and Ashley messages me. She's like, your video's going viral. I was like, what are you talking about? Because I Mm -hmm. just posted it like on a whim. And she's like, girl. I was like, don't give up on TikTok. (laughs) And I was like, I had the delete on like button ready. I was done. So done. And, um, And then I posted one more video just for fun. It was a video I posted on Instagram. So I went ahead and posted it there because whatever. And within just a few hours it, it like went nuts and then the next morning she's like telling me like your video is going viral i was like what are you talking about like, she's like overall tiktok i was like no it's not you're just pulling my leg it's got like five views i'm sure because that's typically how it goes and i pull it up and it was like fourteen thousand views i had like hundreds of new followers and i was just like oh, yeah thank you they're always listening they pulled me uh-huh. back in <laughs> Yeah, probably. They got me. They got me. Well, telling you, they had to have been. When it comes to TikTok, uh, they ha- kind of have like a test sort of like um, reach where you post a video and then it gets about two or 300 views. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of views. But it's kind of like a test. So if you get it's two not. or 300, it's not organic. It's not real views. It's when it goes above that, when it actually has been inserted into the algorithm and people are actually viewing it and able to interact with it and you actually get those engagements. Um, so it, it seems exciting because if you look at like in Instagram, you know, you could be like one, 10 views, 11 views, you know, mm-hmm. really low, especially when you're just starting out. Um, and it just doesn't seem as satisfying as if you're over on TikTok and you see like 300 views, but it's the same thing. I would say like 10 views on Instagram is like 200 on TikTok. It's the same. Yeah. It's not great, but no. you have to keep going and you need to create that or that uh, engaging content, yeah. which is what's the most important thing is that she created something that was engaging. People want to save it for later because they're like, that's a good idea. I want to watch this again, or I'm going to make that. Yeah. That's why or I'm going to so well. save it to reference or save yep. it so that I know to come back for the part two or the part yes. three. I, I will say the content that you post on each platform, it can be the same content, but it's going to mm-hmm. have a different response on each platform because each platform mm-hmm. likes different types of content. And I feel like yeah. that's the biggest thing that I, my biggest takeaway between TikTok and Instagram is TikTok really loves tutorial based education based content and that's mm-hmm. why that tutorial of the crochet blanket did so well. Mm-hmm. And then I posted mm-hmm. part two, three, and four, because you only have so much time. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I broke them out and that gave me re-engaging content and then more follows and more saved content and things like that. Um, so I, but then over on Instagram, sometimes my video of me just twirling in my new dress or my new coat could do better than any of those crochet videos that I that yes. did so well on TikTok. So you have to kind of balance out the content. Uh, you can't, like for me, I don't have the time to be able to do a, a tutorial-based content every single day on TikTok. Mm-hmm. That's just it's not realistic. 
for me, but I can do a couple of little snippets here and there with some fun music or screen, you know, text on screen or stuff like that. That'll do well on Instagram. And I can share that to my TikTok to keep myself active in between creating those tutorials. And so that's kind of where you have to find that balance Mm -hmm. personally. But I do Um, not personally create specific curated content for each platform. I just share some people do. Some people do, but that's the full time job. Right. So over on TikTok, um, you can when you first start out, you're only going to be allowed to do what a a minute and a half, but it can go up to 10 minutes. So you can Mm -hmm. put on a full video on TikTok for sure. Um, It just depends on your amount of followers. I think you have to hit like a thousand followers. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you also have the live aspect, which I find the live aspect is much more engaging on TikTok than it is on Instagram. Instagram only shows your lives to your followers. So if you don't have a lot of followers, no one's going to watch your live. Or even if you have a lot of followers, they have to be on. They don't even, they have to be on the app to get notified that you're even live to watch your live. So on mm-hmm. TikTok, man, it pushes your life out to everybody. It does. And mm-hmm. and there was one time where I got I went live and Ashley came on. Uh, she was in the chat and it blew up. Like there was, you know, sometimes they can push it and you get thousands of people viewing yeah, all, of all at once. Surge. And it's just, like, you know, you see those lives on TikTok where it's just like comments are popping up so fast you can't even read them. That's what was happening. And I was like, uh, oh my god! Uh, she needed uh, a moderator at that point. I did, and that's just like make me moderator, and I'm like, I don't know how. I don't know how. <laughs> and so yeah. we were figuring it out, and it was fine. But I mean, all I was doing, I think, was like cutting out a pattern or something. It wasn't even like super engaging content, mm-hmm. and I it, there was no like, hey, I'm gonna go live warning. It was just I went live, no. and yeah. it it just. I will say I do enjoy lives on TikTok way more because people are engaging. They're asking questions. They, you know, you can go live with multiple people. So Ashley and I will go live together sometimes and people will hang on and watch you the entire time, even if it's three or four hours long. They will. And you can see that. You can see that in the creator studio, um, like who your top viewers are and stuff, which Mm -hmm. is pretty fun. But people invest in their content creators yeah. Like they, and they love to chat with you. So mm-hmm. like, um, I know people who they have made their whole following just from going live on TikTok every night for yeah. a few hours. And mm-hmm. they have far more than I have on my Instagram and TikTok just because every night and those people, it's just like, you know, instead of watching your favorite TV show at nine o'clock at night, they know that this person's going to be live every mm-hmm. night. So I'm going to go hang out with her. And then they at least get like, some community they get to talk to somebody personal like personal engagement yeah exactly like people really value yeah yeah they do they which do. is amazing mm-hmm. i mean it i is. can't really do that as much because i have small children but i mean mm-hmm. there are people out there with small children who wait till they go to bed and then they're on tiktok all night yeah <laughs> yep which is yep. awesome <laughs> i um i think that that's the best way to make a personal engagement with your audience is being mm-hmm. consistent with lives over there and I kind of want to backtrack for just a second because you said something like when you're getting started, like going, like showing your face on camera is so mm-hmm. important. Oh, for to sure. To build yeah. your audience. There's, there's sewing, pe- people with sewing accounts, and I can go look at their page 
And I can see pictures of all of the stuff that they've made. Beautiful things, beautiful crafts. But I never once see their face. And it makes me not want to follow. Because I yeah. don't know who I'm following. I want to yeah. know who I'm following. I can I can appreciate what you're creating, but I want to get to know the person behind the craft. That's the point of yeah. being social media. We want to get mm-hmm. to know you, right? And so if that's, not, if that's outside your comfort zone, then you do you. But if you're serious about wanting to like build an audience, you know, showcase your projects and your products or whatever. And you, maybe you're wanting to start it as a small business. You've got to show your face. Oh, People yeah, need to sure. build trust with who you are. And that means showing your face. So start, like Ashley said, by posting some stories, getting mm-hmm. comfortable, showing your face in your camera and posting a story saying, this is what I'm going to make today. Short and sweet. Don't ramble on because you'll lose me. Okay. Short and sweet. But just be like, this is, try to show your face. Okay. And then Mm -hmm. maybe you make a reel and you show your face at some point in the reel. Okay. And then you make a finished project and you show really nice styled pictures of that project, but make sure one of those projects or that one of those photos of the project has your face in it, whether Mm -hmm. it's a garment or a bag or whatever, you're holding it, you're, you're styling it, you're holding it up. You're proud of it. Even if it's a quilt, I want to see your face. I want to see how proud you are of making it. I want to connect your face to that project because I can Mm -hmm. see bags all day but I'm not going to remember who made that bag if I never saw your face with the bag. Right. It also bothers me when I don't know who the owner of a pattern company is too. Is that weird? Oh gosh. Yes. Like you're making these patterns. Or the designer. Yeah. Like I kind of feel like I need that connection. Yeah. Also. (laughs) I agree. I agree. It's, 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 it's building credibility. It's making it personal. It's, trust. Yes, it's so important. Like, if you want me to continue to invest in your content, I need mm-hmm. you to invest in me. And that's by letting me know who you are, showing up, mm-hmm. you know? And so and we- I, the other side of this is, and we talked about this, is there is a balance, right? Like, Ashley and I share a lot about our sewing journeys, but we only share this much of our personal lives with you guys. Mm-hmm. You do not. I think that's another myth that's out there. Is like you, if you're going to show up on social media and be an influencer, that you have to let people into your home and know every aspect of your life, and that couldn't be more false. No. Now yeah. you can choose to do that, and there sure. are people that do. There are. I could and write a memoir for some of these people. That that's how much I, I've never met in real life. Exactly. It's true. There is a line of like, when of sharing too much, right? Like, or when you start to share things, I I think so too. Or you start (laughs) to share things in your life that have nothing to do with your niche, right? Yes. Like Like if your niche is sewing, share as much as you want about so. Share as much as you want about sewing. That's a mouthful. (laughs) But don't start like inundating your sewing content with personal stuff. Like make a separate page account just for that if you want. And people can go follow that too if Mm -hmm. they want to know that side of it. But I try to keep it separate. 
Yeah. I need something to be just sure. mine. My home, like, I, there's also, like, security aspects and personal there is, things. Like, exactly. Yes, you know, you exactly. don't want to just air out everything. Um, right. And nobody knows the city I actually live in. You know what country I live in. And you know, I'm like, where, okay, close to. But mm-hmm. nobody knows the city Same. I live in. Same. Because, I mean, it's just for safety reasons. <laughs> but it's like when I see people who have a big following, they're sharing, like, content like um oh who I, I don't remember who it was and i wouldn't call someone out anyways but this i think i've seen this on facebook happen many times with people who aren't even trying to build an influence but if you have a public social media account anybody can follow or anybody can see your content without even following you you have to be careful about what you post uh especially yeah. personal information um i've seen people post um their kids' first day of school and list their kids' names. Well, now I know exactly where you live. No, right? their school name. That's what I'm saying. Their school names. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, don't post that, oh right? Or it's on their kid's shirt. And I'm like, um, that would no. be a great place to put an emoji or blur that out or crop that out or something. Like, like you just have to think about those things, especially when you're posting on a public platform. If it's If you post that picture to your private Facebook, that only your Facebook followers can see because you know them and their friends and family. That's one thing. But to post that on an Instagram or a TikTok or YouTube and it's very public, like that's when you're, I feel like you just got to be smart about it. I'm not trying to scare you about social media, but you still need to be smart. It's just like learning to swim. There's a reason we learn to swim because water can be dangerous. If we don't, we could drown, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. we learn the skills to be safe and when we're in the water same thing with social media you gotta learn those boundaries to keep yourself safe and keep your family safe because reality is there's predators everywhere there's bad people everywhere there's um there was this one person she did lives yeah and there was one man in there and his name was kevin and he said something about the influencers feet Mm-hmm. And we thought that was kind of weird. And we're like, mm-hmm. okay, no, we're going to just move on from this person. Right. And then she went live again later on. And this is not us or anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just somebody that I'm not even going to, you know, it's just yeah. someone I follow. Anyways, whatever. Um, this uh, person came into her live again. So like sh- he actively follows her mm-hmm. and has no desire to watch the sewing. And we're no. like, no 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 (laughs) but then he came to from one platform to the other platform like he Mm -hmm. came from like Mm -hmm. being on her tiktok lives to like commenting on her instagram's posts you know and where did she go yeah because she started following other people that she follows asking and so now everybody is trying to block the same person because he became obsessed with this person this influencer so I mean, you just have to be smart. You have to know when to block people. You yeah. have to, you can't be afraid to do so. No, like yeah. you just, you just got to, um, so protect yourselves. Um, be smart when in doubt, like ask a friend, you know, like ask us <laughs> like, Hey, this is, this seems a little weird. What would you do in this situation? Like, if you need to ask those questions, do it because that's how you learn. But when in doubt, trust your gut and protect yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I know we kind of harped on that us. for a minute. Yeah. But I just, I feel like it's important to mention because, you know, while we're saying how fun and awesome social media is, it's still a social platform. 
And yeah. people feel and, very brave on the internet sometimes. <laughs> but I know that there's also like the age and the demographic of people who are coming onto the internet. Like some ladies are older than us mm-hmm. and maybe don't have the same background. Like, I mean, I've, I've been on it since 1995. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like I, I've seen the evolution of the internet and um, just need to know that Yeah, the internet's not safe. <laughs> no. No. Same with you're posting your grandbabies and stuff like that. Just be mindful of all these, all these things yes. that we mentioned. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about like growing, like just ha- our personal opinion is if you really want to build a, a community around your hobby, around your niche to be as uh, personable as possible, showing your face, but there's also like truly like an art to storytelling. Like people <laughs> engage in not just you rambling about your day or what you're going to make. Like they really want to be a part of your process. So Mm -hmm. storytelling is really important. Showing up in your stories, um, those little quick videos that go away after 24 hours is really a fun way to continue to build that engagement without having to create content that lives on your feed. Um, Sharing like your progress of a project, um, sharing challenges, sharing the wins and the fails. Because mm-hmm. those are learning opportunities. Those make you feel relatable. They want to be able mm-hmm. to relate to you somehow. Um, they don't want to just, see the perfect project. No. If all of your content is edited to have an aesthetic look on your feed, I immediately don't think you're authentic. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to follow. And I feel like I see a lot of this with like, um, like home decor, lifestyle accounts is like when you go to look at their feed it's like everything is every photo and video and cover photo is edited with the same color aesthetic so their whole page looks curated and like Mm -hmm. a magazine ad and i'm like no i don't want that i don't feel like there's a real real person person. yeah Yeah. exactly and they can absolutely be real and it i'm not Mm -hmm. saying it's not beautiful but it doesn't feel authentic because then i'm like okay well my home will never look like that. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah we, we need to be able to relate as well to you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You, you have to find your audience, but I feel like people feel like, oh, I have to have this perfectly edited video or I got to have hair and makeup on every time I do a video or I have to have my room clean every time I do a video. Nope. No. Nope. Absolutely not. Um, you just need to be yourself and, um, and I'm going to engage with that content. The only um, thing I care about is good lighting. Yes. Um, there's not like loud things going on behind you. Make sure it's like a nice quiet room when you're videoing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just be. Yeah. The quality of the content itself needs to be there. I mean, this is the, it's 2024. I mean, our mm-hmm. iPhones have better cameras than most people's like handheld cameras. So like, yeah, you don't need fan- cameras are a thing of the past. Yeah. You don't even <laughs> really need like fancy equipment to create content, but you do mm-hmm. need to make sure. And I feel like a lot of people hit record and don't check, but like on the back of your iPhone, those lenses can get smudges. Yeah. yeah. I always go like this. Yes. I'm always wiping off. Cause I will like go to take a Even picture. I'm like, why is too? it so blurry? And then it's yeah. like, Oh, I didn't clean off my lens. Like you, you just little things like that. Just, but it can make it, I, there was someone, and I don't remember who it was that posted a reel the other day 
And I think I sent it to you, Ashley, and I was like, is it is it just me? Or did they record this with a flip phone? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because it was so grainy. And yeah, it I wasn't don't know. and it wasn't it like a filter. That. I don't know. I don't know, but if a filter makes me go, this looks bad, then that's not a good filter. Yeah. Um but it was it was really bad. And I was just, and then I look at their other content and that wasn't the case. So I just thought, well, maybe it's a one-off, but if you record something and you look back at it and you're like, that doesn't look good, figure it out. Don't just post that. Don't post yeah. that. Like people are not going to engage or want to watch a video that is unpleasant to look at um, in the sense of like the quality of the video or the audio mm -hmm. sounds like you're in a tunnel. <laughs> oh, I've literally <laughs> done voiceover with my phone and like I was covering the microphone with my finger because like I was just the way I was holding it or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you yeah. gotta be careful with that kind of stuff. <laughs> you do. You do. I always do like a test because I do a lot of voiceover um, because of where I live and stuff. There's a lot of outside noises or a dog will bark when I'm recording video. So I don't want to. I found that if I wait till the perfect moment to record, it doesn't exist. And no. So I just record my content when I'm doing it. And if mm -hmm. there's noises in the background, then I wait until there is a few minutes for me to just be able to do voiceover when no one else is around or my neighbor's not mowing at that moment or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I can record mowing the voiceover. In the winter. Yeah, my neighbor does that. Um, <laughs> he, just, he just gets bored, bless his heart. Um, but it's right next to my sewing room. So the second I'm like trying to record something, I have found that I just, there's never going to be the right time of day. Yeah. Even in the middle of the night, someone's, my neighbor's dog's barking. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So I just record when I am ready to record. And then I can always remove the sound and do voiceover. Because um, that just takes a few minutes to record that. And, you know, it just works for me. But you, I always do a little test voice. I don't go through the whole thing and hope it sounded good. I like do a little snippet, like test, 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 record that. And then I listen to that playback. I'm like, oh, I need to be closer to the mic or I need to hold it different or whatever. And then I'll mm -hmm. redo it and get going. But yeah, quality content is really important. And, mm -hmm. um, and you don't have to have fancy equipment. You don't have to no. be the perfect person at editing software or editing videos or anything. It just needs to be engaging mm -hmm. and we need to be able to hear you and see you. That's it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, and as Ashley and I attested to before, when you first get started, your, your content is not going to be the same caliber as someone who's been doing it for a long time. Right? Like there is a learning curve. So I always, um, jokingly say like if you have someone that you follow and that you're like oh, i love their content it always looks so well their transitions and their edits look so good and da, 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 da. scroll back to when they first started doing content mm -hmm. and you'll see mm -hmm. that that's not the how transition. they started out yeah give yeah. yourself some grace you just got to get started um, um i do want to just mention one thing yeah. um youtube and facebook so we didn't really go over that but oh, i yeah. just because we're talking about getting started Mm -hmm. Those might be the two that you hold back from, especially if you wanted to do long form videos later on. But if you're not ready for YouTube and you're like, I just want to get started, this is what you have to do because this worked for my cousin. Okay. So I know it works. You can put up YouTube shorts. Mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. go create your account. And every time you post a reel on Instagram and TikTok, you take that same video, you go put it on YouTube and you just let it live there. Yeah, it's okay. short. So it's that's what YouTube calls reels or the shorter videos, mm-hmm. the vertical videos um, is shorts. And so you can have a channel with just shorts. Yes, you can. Exactly. And- Which would be the same thing as Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. But now he got actually, about 20. Would- he got about 20,000 followers just from posting also posting over there. Just yeah. putting them over there and not even really caring. <laughs> and and that's what I was going to say is like so what's the what's the incentive to doing that is building that platform so when you are ready to do full length videos mm-hmm. you already have some followers um you can also get monetized. Yeah, you might already be eligible to be monetized when you're ready to do those videos. Yeah. Which would be so, amazing. You know, there's it there's proof in that mm-hmm. and you just got to do and it's really easy to post yes it so is. you do um, it straight from your youtube app mm-hmm. so you just make sure you have your google account mm-hmm. that's what you sign up for youtube you go to the youtube channel you go set it up you name it whatever you want to name mm-hmm. it and then just start posting your shorts and the shorts are only one minute so they are a little bit shorter than instagram and TikTok. Seconds. Yep. So you might need to edit them down if they're a little bit longer, but I usually just speed them or up. Or split them into two parts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I I highly recommend you posting your shorts or your video mm-hmm. short your vertical short videos for on like your reels to your shorts on YouTube. For um, sure. Just, just have it, it live there. Just, it's, yeah, exactly. it's creating just get that reach. the ball rolling. All right, so I think we've shared you know, some good information specific to YouTube, but honestly, Ashley, I feel like we could totally have a whole podcast on YouTube, um, sure. starting to YouTube, where to start, how to start, how to edit, what tips for creating the best content, like how to post the content, how that whole process works, how to get monetized. What do you have to have? To, I mean, there's so much we could go into with YouTube alone. And I feel oh, like sure. we should totally make that a separate podcast, especially with your YouTube experience. And you've helped me a lot in the last year with mine as well. So um, listeners, if you want to have us do a podcast just on YouTube alone um, and, and tap into Ashley's 11 years of experience with YouTube, she's built, I mean, she's got the little plaque in the background. If you're watching, you can see it. Um, she's hit a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. She's got experience and I feel like we would all benefit from her sharing some of her knowledge. And so if that's interest you, let us know, leave us a comment, mm-hmm. send us a DM, um, and I'm let us know the YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. Leave us a comment on our YouTube channel, um, to <laughs> let us know if that's something that you would it, content. I mean, not everybody wants to start a YouTube channel, right? But I feel mm-hmm. like there's quite mm-hmm. a few that feel like, okay, I really do want to, share my my knowledge of my niche um in that mm-hmm. on that platform but it, it can feel overwhelming and intimidating so mm-hmm. how do i get started right yeah and they want to sure. and you want to make sure you're getting set up the right way so what better way to learn than from someone who's done it so i think we should totally do that but i want to hear that from our listeners we want to make sure that's something that you want to hear from us yeah um, i want to do it if they don't want to hear it right and i feel like that's what we did off the yeah it is off the beaten path a little bit from sewing, but yeah, um, not every podcast we do is someone's interest either. So it could be a learning opportunity. Um, and mm-hmm. this is where I feel like 
we should save the conversation of monetizing your content. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can kind of touch on it, but really the best place to monetize your your content is going to be on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I can vouch yeah. for that. Um, but there are ways to, you know, monetize your content on other platforms. I don't know, Ashley, if you want to kind of touch on that briefly. It does look different well, on every platform, but you can't really go into this with that mindset at the beginning. That's not, yeah. it's about growing your audience authentically. And then the monetization can come later from that. Mm-hmm. For Instagram but, and TikTok, it's mainly um, through sponsors. If you can get sponsors, um, there is opportunity like to deals, get, right? Yeah. There is opportunities to get like gifts and stuff, but I, find in our niche um people aren't throwing money our way really (laughs) um if you are doing lives on tiktok there are the opportunities to get gifts um where they send you know the stickers that you see popping up um that's when people will give you like a couple cents or a dollar or whatever Mm -hmm. right so if you're doing lives on tiktok i have saved up a couple dollars on there it's possible (laughs) i don't do as many lives but if i did more then maybe um, people love to share over there, but, um, yeah, there's really not a lot of opportunity for monetization outside of brands and things on those. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so I try to make money in other ways where it's like, okay, I have my little pattern shop where I sell patterns on Etsy, I share yeah. my patterns through Instagram so that people can find them on Etsy, you mm-hmm. know, so you just need to figure out the path you want to go and what you want to want to do but and we make money totally. on our youtube because we yeah. have become monetized so we do mm-hmm. make a good little extra change on there um and you know that that helps uh, but the brand deals i feel like i feel like there's like this a myth and i feel like it's changing because i i believe that companies are starting to realize that just because someone has a ton of followers doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that they have a good reach on their social media and you don't need a ton of followers to partner with brands or companies to promote their products. So they want to know more about what's behind the scenes of your social platform. So when you go to like Instagram or TikTok, there's places to go look and see how your content is performing. They want to know those stats. They want to know where your reach is. Yeah, they want to know what, um, you know, how many new followers you're gaining, uh, how many likes, how many shares, how many comments, how many saves. They want to they want to see how your content is truly performing because Mm -hmm. you can get a ton of followers from one video and then they never engage with you again. They want to know your engagement mm-hmm. rate because if they're, if you're not getting a good engagement rate, then if you share their product, it's not going to be a good return on their investment to give you that product or to pay you yeah. to do that. And the, the platforms also are starting to realize that as well, which is why on YouTube, you need 4,000 watch hours because mm-hmm. people will post a video, it goes viral, and then they're monetized and they make a million dollars. But you know, then that's the last video that they post because that was just like a news something, something happened in the news or something and they posted it and they made a lot of money. So now you really need to have like the followers, the watch Mm -hmm. hours. Yeah. Um, And they also want to see if you are engaging in the community, do you collaborate Mm -hmm. with other creators? Like, Mm -hmm. are you being a benefit? 
like and not just a you know perfectly a lone curated wolf. content right like yeah exactly brands are partnering with people who don't have like a perfect aesthetic or hundreds of thousands of followers they're partnering with people who are have a really good engagement in their audience they're personal they they're authentic they're real um and they're seeing that that content is getting more traction and, and fruition than these beautifully curated perfect accounts that have all these followers. So don't put yourself in this mindset that I can't work with XYZ brand because they're going to want someone with 50,000 followers or more. And that's not oh, yeah, true. No. That's not true. Um, We've seen so, people with far less followers and we're just mm-hmm. like, what? Lucky. Way to go. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? They, they took, the, the opportunity they pitched themselves, right? Yeah, like we could they do probably whole, emailed them. Yeah, put themselves not, on the map. I would not <laughs> just slide into a company's DMs. That's not the path. That's not the route to go. You she need could. to. I have <laughs> nine times out of ten, the people looking at those DMs are not the people deciding who mm. is getting to do content for them. They're just managing. Mm-hmm. The, the, the captions, mm-hmm. the comments, the likes, mm-hmm. the follows they're that's, they're not the, the right yeah. person you need to be in front of. You need to figure out who the person is that oversees that. Um, maybe right. you can ask that in the DM, like, Hey, I would love to partner with your company. Who should I reach out to in your organization to build that, you know, to ask those questions, to see if I might be a good fit, you know, in future content creation to support, like, like, don't be like, oh my God, I love your products. Can you send me something for free so I can post it? Like, that's not the way to go. Okay. <laughs> so there's a, there's a professional way to do it because these are professional people at professional companies. And they, if they're going to invest in you, they need to know that you're, you're not in it just for a free product, that you really are like building a brand yourself. Because when you are becoming a sewing influencer or, or influencer of your hobby, you're building your own brand with your own face. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to take it as that it's like, this is a contractual business deal, right? Yeah. And you can go to the, their websites too. A lot of times yeah. if, if they're, you know, they have their website mm-hmm. nicely managed, um, down at the bottom where it's like the, about us, sometimes they'll have an ambassador program and that's, yeah. you know, or I've you gone in up. and build out ambassador forums, you know, they'll yeah. sometimes, and sometimes they'll reach out to you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, always check their websites. At the bottom. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. I've, and be prepared that if they come back and they're like, yeah, can you share us this information? Like, can you, do you have a, a rate card or do you like, just be prepared to give those stats from your social media. Like my, my current reach is at this percent mm-hmm. or my current audience is at this. So this is like, you need to have that updated and ready pr- to present that information headshots um, you know you need like nice photos yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's it's like creating a digital resume for your social media mm-hmm. and that's how i like to think of it as but you don't have uh, to do those things i have literally had like maybe three or four little um deals with companies they would give mm-hmm. me something for free and then i would mm-hmm. talk about it um i really haven't had a ambassador or actual brand deal with anybody yeah. and i mean i still have made money over the yeah. years so you know you just I need to figure like out your route 
I feel like if you really want to pursue this as like a career or as like a true like income earner, like consistent income earner, where you're not just getting free stuff for content, you're actually getting paid for that content. You do need to get to the point where you're creating like a rate card with that information and you're pitching mm-hmm. yourself and you're saying, I know what my content's worth now. This is what I am asking for. And you're not going to get there overnight and it's going to look different for everybody, but you've got to you've got to work towards that. And there's a lot of information out there on how to get to that point. But if that's something you want to do, you, you can, but that's the great thing about social media is you don't, you can, you can go as far as you want with it. Like there's Mm -hmm. nobody holding you to the fire saying you have to get to that point where you're like doing it full time and you're making a career out of it. You can choose not to, you can choose to stop. You can get there Mm -hmm. and go, I'm burned out. I need a break. Like it, that's the great thing. Like you're your own boss. Mm-hmm. So we're sharing all of this for those who might want to get there and giving you our best tips on it and some good advice. But if that's not something you want to do, or maybe after listening to this, you're like, I don't know that I want to take it that far. That's fine. Yeah, don't. The only person that can decide that is you. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the last thing that we kind of wanted to touch on is um, at the end of the day, the whole point of this is to like influence others about what you're passionate about. So make sure Mm -hmm. that your niche is something that you're truly passionate about, something that you can foresee yourself doing for a long time. As Ashley and I both mentioned, we kind of started in some other hobbies, but that we were really focused on at the time, but that's changed. So make sure that really you find your niche, you know that, yes, I want to sit here and do this niche Mm -hmm. for as long as I can, right? Now, I feel like sewing is a pretty broad niche, but then you Mm -hmm. can get into specific things like garment sewing quilting bag making crafting like there's so mm-hmm. many and so they can cross yep. they can cross but most people are one of those things right or one of variation mm-hmm. of those things so just know that like you kind of have to dial it in even more than just sewing you do general. i find that i have a lot of bag makers over on my youtube channel because i mm-hmm. like small project makers more mm-hmm. um that so when i put a garment pattern in there it doesn't get as well received Mm-hmm. So that means now I might have a hundred thousand subscribers, but now I need to build up my subscriber base for garments. So, you know, but I still need to sprinkle in those other, you know, those small projects that I Keep that grew my channel initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So, so. but yeah, that's, the, I would definitely recommend like, if you're doing sewing, figure out what sewing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dive into that for mm-hmm. sure. And at the end of the day, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. I mean, it's here to make our lives harder. That's for sure. We're just here to enjoy our passions with each other. And I will say that, um, some people feel like every time they sit down to sew that they have to record what they're doing and share it. And I can honestly tell you that I probably only share half of what I sew on my Mm -hmm. social media. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's when it feels like work to me, like, because I do it so often. I also do it for my full-time job too. So keep that in mind that like my full-time job is content creation for singer. So, uh, and tutorials and all of that. So sometimes by the time I get done doing that during my nine to five, you know, job, I don't want to turn on my camera anymore. I just want to sit and sew for fun and decompress because it's still my outlet. It's still my hobby and I still enjoy it. And sometimes I have to tell myself it's okay to not hit record. It's okay to just turn on an audiobook and enjoy sewing this project and not have to feel obligated to share it with the world. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to share everything, even all of your makes. 
I'm giving yeah. you permission. <laughs> For sure. All right, guys. Well, well, if this has been helpful, I mean, I feel like this has been a good topic. I'm glad it was brought up. Mm-hmm. For sure. And if you For have sure. any questions at all, like, don't hesitate yeah. to ask us because we're here to help. So if you are nervous or I've had people who are like, um, I'm thinking about buying this camera. What do you think? You know, like, yeah. I don't care. Just send away. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I had someone message me yesterday, Ashley, that was like, hey, I really want to teach a class at this, you know, sewing place near me and I'm trying and I, I kind of mentioned it to them and they wanted this information and ha- can you help me like walk through this and so she's given me what they're they've asked of her and she wasn't sure how to like pitch herself right mm-hmm. and so I am just verbally like sending her voice messages like well you could do this you could say this you could you know like and I don't know her specifically in the sense of like what she's teaching or who she's this class setting or anything but I, if it was me this is how it res- would respond without mm-hmm. giving away free patterns that they were kind of asking for. Just be like, Hey, I would say, here's some examples of ha- my teaching style. Here's some examples of the types of projects I like to do. Here's a video recording of me teaching in this platform. Obviously it would be more personal and one-on-one in person. You know, this is why I'm passionate about sewing. Like it's kind of like building that resume and pitching yourself. But I also told her, to flip that script after she answers their questions, ask questions. It shows that she's invested as well in getting to know them and figuring out if they're the right fit for her too. So how many people typically attend a class with you? What days are the best weeks to have those classes? You know, how long do your classes typically run? How much do you typically charge for a class? Like those are going to be things that she needs to know the answers to as well. And again, at the end of the day, it goes both ways, Mm -hmm. right? And so she's like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't have even thought about some of these things. And I said, I told her, I said, when you stop putting people or companies on a pedestal Mm -hmm. and you You look at them, you look at them eye to eye as equals, it doesn't mean that you don't uh, admire or appreciate what they do or what they create. But when you just look at them as equals, as people who also put their pants on one leg at a time, like the rest Mm -hmm. of us, then it takes some of that intimidation factor out of it. And then you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. like (laughs) I'm just going to talk to him like a normal person as if we were having coffee together. Yeah. I know. I would just be like, um, I'm, they say like, do you have any questions? Like, no, I just, I don't want to screw it up. Nope. But, I am. Yeah. I am. This is, they ask, I'm going to ask and they, and I'll be honest. And this, uh, this applies for whether you're applying for a job or not. If you go to a re- uh, interview or you're and they say, do you have any questions? You better have at least one or two. Even if you yeah. already know the answer to it, you need to have, you need to have a question. You need to show that you are truly interested and invested in working with them. Whether it's mm-hmm. a full-time job or, a, a, you know, brand deal or a partnership on some creating some content with another influencer, like you need to be invested and showing that is through asking questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just, as the HR recruiter in me for 10 years is telling you, it's a two-way street. Interviews are two-way streets, um, partnerships with brand deals. Ashley and I starting this podcast, it's a two-way street. You know, like I wasn't going to partner with Ashley if I didn't build a rapport with her and get to know her first. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not just going to go to a stranger and be like, let's do a podcast together. I don't know you. And it will be, you know, (laughs) like that would be super weird. So 
you, you just got to figure out and it's okay if it's not a good match. It's okay. Mm-hmm. That's, those are practice interviews for the one that does matter, you know? Yeah, so just for sure. Don't hesitate to ask. Don't hesitate to ask. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, I hope that helps. I hope you guys are feeling encouraged. We are look forward to building our community with you this year over on all of the social platforms. Um, just so you know, we're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and our website blog and everything else. So we want yes. to see you engage with us and we want to engage with you. So be sure you're following us on those channels and we will be back here next week talking about something else, probably more sewing related. Um, until then, be sure you're subscribed to our news to our newsletter. That's a mouthful today and happy sewing. Bye. Bye.